Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... The Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We have a really fun program prepared for you. A lot of big news, but also just some amusing stories, some updates on, for example, Bob Menendez. The Bob Menendez story just gets better and better. Every time... I love gold! (laughs) I usually know what you're going to play, Jared. I didn't have that one in mind, but I I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, the Bob Menendez story is just the gift that keeps on giving. And if you haven't seen the latest, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but we have have a lot to get into with Bob. I'm starting to think that Nadine was the real puppet master here, and Bob is just giving me the vibe of a man who just fell head over heels. And I know he has his own corruption issues, so it's not like I put it past him to have nefarious intentions and to be a dishonest person. But there's something about when I see the photos of the two of them, because I've been doing some research. And again, not to spoil anything, but I'm trying to get a picture of her engagement ring. I really want to see this rock that she had on her finger. And I've gotten some far away ones, but I'm throwing it out to my sources out there to get me a close up. And every picture I see of these two, whether it's their wedding photos or, you know, at the White House or on vacation, I just I'm picking up the vibe that he was a man who was so head over heels for this woman. And she was just bossing him around, getting him involved in all sorts of things he shouldn't have been involved in and just trying to get her bag, as the kids say, trying to get her rings, trying to get her cars, all that stuff. So we will get into that. There's also a lot of local news today. And this was a story that really amused me as well. Um, And we're probably going to go more to it in the two o'clock hour. We're going to do a local hour about the Boston City Council and how they're now weighing the idea of congestion pricing. And supposedly what they say would happen is if they start charging people to drive into the city, then it will reduce traffic, it will reduce pollution, it will increase money that they can use to benefit communities and give them more resources. And my favorite, and the one that I think is the least likely to actually occur, although they're all pretty outlandish, they're all pretty unrealistic, but the one that I can confidently say is not going to happen is, oh, and if you do this, if you charge people this tax to drive into the city, then it will increase public transit. I don't take public transit that often here in Massachusetts. I used to take it actually a lot in Rhode Island when I was in school because I would take it to a job I was working. But I, I, I luckily for us, we're kind of in a suburb area. We can drive here. There's a lot of parking. But I know a lot of people who take public transit. 
and they're not happy about it. Like given the option, they would not be taking it. So I'm really not sure that people who drive into the city in the comfort of their own car, I think they might be I think they might pay just because they don't want to go on the T and also because they probably work jobs where you can't be two hours late for work, which is what happens here with our rapid transit system. So we'll talk all about that. Like I said, it's part of the poll question. It's also going to be part of the two o'clock hour. Big news, though, nationally is that Alejandro Mayorkas has been impeached. This happened yesterday. Now it will go to the Senate. The senators will essentially act as jurors. And I'm guessing they're saying late February, early March. I would guess that it's more likely it's going to be early March. Um For anyone who is wondering why this passed the House just days after it had previously failed, it is because, well, there's a few reasons, but the the one that a lot of people are attributing it to is the numbers were in their favor because Steve Scalise, the House Majority Leader, um, he was out for blood cancer treatments in the last vote. And now that he was back yesterday, it left the Republicans, it, it allowed them to be to meet the requirement of votes they needed. And he was back, and that's why we have good news for the GOP, which is a rarity. That's not something I say often here. Good news for the GOP. Um, And now the media and the Democrats are, and you knew this was going to happen, they're claiming, I'm going to use a little bit of KJP, because this is what we're going to hear today, Jared. And I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball. You all know this is what she's going to say. It's a partisan stunt. It's a very popular word now with KJP. It's a stunt. And let me just say for the record, let the record show, I am team stunt. I am pro stunt. I wasn't always like that. But I've had a conversion over the last couple of years. I am now extremely in favor of what KJP would label political stunts by Republicans. Because guess what? The stunts, they work. I don't care if it's just to send a message. They're effective. She usually refers to busing illegal aliens, whether it be to New York City or to Chicago or recently into Boston. Or uh, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis flying uh, illegal aliens into uh, Martha's Vineyard. 50 of them and then the National Guard was activated. All of these things were considered stunts. And now, though, you're seeing Democrats start to realize this is untenable. We cannot keep this up. Something needs to change. And so a lot of these stunts actually are pretty beneficial as far as the court of public opinion and getting people to open their eyes. Now, I don't think in the case of this stunt, this partisan ploy that we're hearing about, I don't think we are going to get the Nancy Pelosi approved pens for this impeachment, because unlike the Darth Vader like death march, I don't think the Republicans are going to pull that one. Because this is the partisan spectacle. This isn't like when the Democrats did it, Jared, to Trump, and it was all above board. That was democracy at work with pens that looked like bullets. Yes, that was... Nothing says democracy like bullets. That was passing constitutional muster. You know, like that was... That was when people were following the norms, was when we impeached Trump twice. And the defectors were the same last night. You had Gallagher, you had Ken Buck, McClintock. 
And I'm going to explain to people why I'm on board with this impeachment and why I've kind of changed my well, I guess I didn't change my mind on this one, but more so just impeaching in general, because even if it has a slim chance of passing in the Senate, which it does, I'm I'm not you know convinced that this is going to actually happen. But sometimes you got to try. And the principle that the majority of these Republicans are standing on in Congress on this one, the principle is a good one. This is the worst mishandling of the border in history. And that's if you're being generous. If you don't want to be as generous, you can say they've created the worst disaster that we've ever seen on our border. So we shouldn't be treating it like it's just another day, like this is something that's normal or something that Americans should just come to expect. And so some of the critics here, and it's not just the three congressmen, but talking heads, you know, even conservatives on social media, the criticism is, well, if we start impeaching like they do, then it's going to create this like tit for tat ploy by one side. And we're always going to have one side trying to punish their political enemies. I got news for those people. That ship has kind of already sailed. I think it left the port when Adam Schiff was creating parody versions of Trump's Ukraine call. That's when I think the whole idea of we have to behave so we don't kind of go down a rabbit hole, that's when I lost faith in that argument. That's when I started to worry that maybe the impeachment process was being weaponized. And even if Republicans, let's just play this game, that even if Republicans, if we wish that wasn't the case, and I I do wish that had never happened because I do think it set a dangerous precedent, But it happened. And this is where we're at now. So by us not doing it, by us being like the principled conservatives who take the high road, it's not restoring the norms. The norms are gone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, Bing, as Trump would say. The norms are gone. All that would mean is that we don't impeach Democrats when we're in charge. And to thank us for our kindness and our class. When they get back in charge, they impeach us. That, that's what this new system is supposed to be. We're supposed to get slapped around and say thank you. And then when we're in charge, we're supposed to rise above. And I find that to be foolish. That's my issue. Being respectable in D.C. and hoping that you're somehow going to bring things back to the way they used to be, it is foolish. It is naive. And the other part is that this impeachment doesn't like I said it's not constitutional like it's it's I'm hearing a lot of these legal scholars saying well technically everyone's big on the technically now blah blah everyone's getting on their constitutional high horses which again like the fact checkers and the mainstream media I don't remember any of you doing this when we had two impeachments of Donald Trump I don't remember anyone worried about the Constitution. I don't even... Everyone uses the Constitution. All these Democrats use the Constitution now. But they hated the Constitution when Trump... Because it didn't matter. The ends justified the means. Who cares about the Constitution? We have to get Orange Man. Now you have Alejandro Mayorka. And by the way, let's forget about the hypocrisy of the fact that now all these people are falling onto the Constitution, like holding it up. See, this is so important. Our founding fathers wouldn't want it to devolve into this. Let's forget about that idea, which is just laughable. I'd also say that the articles listed in this impeachment 
which are willful and stern refusal to comply with the law and a breach of public trust, check and check. Good to go. I I don't see what I don't see what these constitutional scholars are telling me. Like, well, it's not really it doesn't really rise to that level. How how does it not? The man, Mayorkas, has been telling us the border is secure. I, I want to tell you guys a statistic here. I was reading about Chinese nationals, okay, and how since they started tracking, I think since October, it's been like 20,000 Chinese nationals have come through the border. A lot of them are coming through San Diego, where the border is extremely porous, just like it is really everywhere now. And so I was reading this today because I was doing a hit. And it said, I kind of was like scrolling down. And a lot of times with these hits, I don't like to reference numbers too much because I either forget them or I misrepresent them and it just kind of throws me off. But there was a number that blew my mind. It said, just to give you reference, in 2021, the number of Chinese nationals was, I believe the number was 392. We're already at 20,000 this year. That's a 7,000% increase. And so how are you looking at me in the face and going, well, it it doesn't really justify an impeachment. Then what does? If this isn't dereliction of duty, this guy's in charge of the border. And he's told us multiple times that it is secure. And now they've switched it up only to say, well, it's a disaster, but it's Republicans' fault. No, I'm 100% on board with this. I don't care if it doesn't pass the Senate. There needs to be some, sometimes you just got to send a message. And that's what they're doing. Uh, 844-500-4242. We'll come back and we'll talk about this. I also want to talk about Senator Tillis. We, we were referencing his comments the other day about this Ukraine aid package. We'll have another update for you from Matt Gates about what Republicans are trying to pull there uh, in the Senate. And this is just, this will drive you mad. Um, recently, a Grace Curley show listener, Candace, called into the show. To tell us how much she loved her thunderstorms, her furnace was serviced and afterwards the smell of oil was lingering in her home. So she turned on the thunderstorms and watched the magic happen. The thunderstorm eliminated the funky odor. But the best part, Candace's husband, who rolled his eyes when she would talk about the thunderstorm, Mr. Candace, non-believer. Well, he finally understood what she was talking about. The reason I love the thunderstorm is that it's small. It doesn't take up any space. But it works. That's the most important part. You turn it on and whether you have pet smells, tobacco odors, if you cook something in the kitchen and it smells good for a while and then it starts to get kind of funky, the thunderstorm is going to get rid of it. It's also a great time to get the three pack special. It's all you have to do is go to EdenPureDeals.com, and if you use code GRACE3, you're going to get the three-pack special. With a three-pack special, you can use one in your kitchen, your office, your car, your basement, wherever you need it. So go to EdenPureDeals.com and use code GRACE and the number three. We'll be right back. Follow GRACE on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Once in my life, I have someone who needs me. Someone I've needed so long. For once unafraid, I can go. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. 
I didn't forget, but a lot of people on the text line are upset with me that I didn't wish them one. I'm wishing you all a happy Valentine's Day. And I hope you get chocolate candies and roses and everything your heart desires. You know what's a really good Valentine's Day gift? Get a gift card to Aviva or to one of our you know great restaurant sponsors because roses and stuff is really great too. Actually, you know what? You can do it all. Just do it all. But definitely get a gift card because then you can go out to dinner and enjoy. Um, the poll question today is brought to you by J.J. Manning. Whether residential, commercial, or land, J.J. Manning can get your property sold now. To learn more on how to get your property sold quickly and contingency-free, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111 or visit jjmanning.com. With over 16,000 sales and satisfied clients, you can be the next one. I was between two poll questions. And I asked Howie, he just got back to me, but it's too late. We already have the other one up and it's doing pretty well. So I'm going to keep it. But the two ideas I had were either the Mozzie Pillup poll question, which if you didn't see this, the Mozzie Pillup, the Republican who was running um, against this Democrat in New York, Tom Swazi, she lost. And Trump is saying it's because she wasn't uh, she didn't endorse Trump or she didn't ask him to endorse her. And my question was going to be, is that the reason or is it just because New Yorkers have lost? No, I shouldn't say have lost their minds because it's nothing recent. New Yorkers are doomed and and they just they don't want to change things. Um, And then my other idea had to do with congestion pricing. And I do think this one's kind of fun because let's face it, the city of Boston is already struggling. A lot of real estate in the city is being vacated. They can't get people to come into work. Everyone's working remotely. And now the bright idea from our Boston City Councilor, Tanya Fernandez-Anderson, is let's charge people even more money to drive into Boston. Don't come for me, because if you want smoke, you'll get smoke. Ooh, is that is that TFA? Yeah, that was from the uh, the city council meeting brawl. Last year or the year before, I believe. Ah, today we're going to bring that smoke. We're going to be talking about a lot of brawls today. That's not the only one. So the city council plans to debate bringing congestion pricing to Boston. And this is what Fernandez Anderson wrote in the uh, this the statement she said a set fee placed on drivers of various vehicles could bring money and resources towards other elements of the community, reduce traffic, increase transit use and improve air quality. And I would love a Glenn Kessler fact check on all of those things. So, Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is which congestion pricing benefit is the biggest load of BS? It will increase public transit use. It will decrease pollution. Money raised will benefit communities or it will decrease traffic. That one's so hard because I'm tempted to go with the money. Whenever they tell me like, oh, we're going to we're going to raise money through this and then we're going to use it for other. Nothing gets fixed. Everything's terrible. There's always going to be traffic. Like you guys set this money on fire. How come all that cannabis money isn't taken away from my state taxes? They raised a lot of that. You wouldn't believe how much money they spend on the public transit here that everyone supposedly is going to use. That sucks. That you that takes you two hours to get into work. But out of all of those, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to increase public transit use. Increasing public transit use is only at nine percent. Money raised will benefit the communities in the lead at 55. That's a good one. That is a good one. 20% for a decrease in traffic and 16% for a decrease in pollution. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. Bring that smoke. When we come back, I think I want to go to a Valentine's Day love story brought to you courtesy of Bob Menendez and Mrs. Bob Menendez. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm afraid of any of you. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. A lot of people are pointing out on the text line that some of that money that Tanya Fernandez Anderson assures us the city will use to benefit other communities is probably going to be used for the illegal aliens that are now being housed at the Malnia Cass Recreational Center. And by the way, now there's an overflow shelter and drum roll please i have another update for you from the boston herald overflow shelter at old cambridge courthouse receives one hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars in renovations this is something i never i never heard about this when trump was president overflow shelters i heard a lot about cages you know, kids in cages, and then they, people would use the pictures from the Obama administration. But this idea of overflow facilities was not as popular. Then again, we didn't have hundreds of thousands, millions of people coming into this country unvetted and needing a place to stay. It says Governor Mara Healy's administration pumped $173,000 worth of upgrades into an old courthouse in Cambridge that is serving as an overflow shelter for homeless families and pregnant women, including newly arrived migrants. The money spent on the building represents only a fraction of the $35 million state officials reported or 35 million state officials reported spending on the emergency assistance program between January 29th and February 8th. Well, this seems like something we can keep up with. $35 million between the end of January and February 8th? Wow. We're off to a great start. And, you, you know, I will tell people, if you have somewhere in your community, because we were talking about the other Boston City Councilor who recommended that some of the wealthier suburbs start to take people in. If you have somewhere in your community that's like a lot of open space that isn't currently being used like every single day, even if it is being used, they'll just kick the people out. But if it's, if you have a lot of open space, if you have a big building, you should be nervous. A lot of open office space along 128. Yeah. That's all going to be used at some point, I would guess. And the part of this that I find amazing is that, and Oftentimes, we talk about how the liberal communities, the people with the hate have no home here signs on their front steps or in their lawn, they don't actually like this. They like the idea of being sanctuary cities or towns or states in the abstract. But they like it on paper. But unless, unless you can cook, then you're welcome. Yes, but they don't like it when it actually when it actually happens. But there have been a few instances, Jared just referenced one, of... People, families in Brookline opening their doors to, I, I think yesterday we played a, a Haitian family and the day before, I'm not sure, you know, I don't have all of them at the top of my head, but I was thinking about this and I said, okay, so w- what do we have here? We have six, maybe six or seven people who have now been housed by the big hearted liberals in Massachusetts. We are, that is a far cry from what we're going to need. 
We're going to need a lot more volunteers. It's great. Those four people that said, hey, listen, I've got a big heart. I'm a bleeding heart liberal. I believe hate has no home here. You can keep the signs. You can keep the signs on your front lawn. You are not a hypocrite. You have walked the walk. Now, for everybody else, you're still you're still in dicey territory here. You're still a little bit of a hypocrite. Hate has no home there, but it's still at the extended stay residence for a while. Yeah, actually, you know what? I don't know if I don't know how I'd love to say all oh, those people aren't hypocrites, but let's give it like a week or two. You know, this is very new. How long do you think you have to go before before you can say, okay, I've done my fair share? That's the other part of this is people are saying, you have these city councilors saying, well, people need to take their responsibility. People need to share in the responsibility. How long are we going to say you have to keep a family or, you know, uh, uh, at least a, a couple in your home before you get to say, okay, this I did my fair share. Who decides? Who's the fair share? Who's the arbiter of what is a fair share? When you have officially done your job. That's what I want to know. So uh, we'll talk more about this in the two o'clock hour. But what I want to talk about here is Bob Menendez and his wife. And this story is the gift that keeps on giving Jared. I love it so much. I love gold. He loves gold. His wife loves... Do you hear who she's blaming for the gold bars? Gold bar Bob. This is this is D.C. This is the swamp. This is corruption in a nutshell. Gold bar Bob. I, I don't know if he's... I don't think he's still being represented. But at one point, he was being represented by Abby Lowell, who's all, also the lawyer for Hunter Biden, who also helped Bob Menendez his first go-round with his giant corruption scandal that he somehow got through by the skin of his teeth. And so he decided to take another bite of the apple. So Abby Lowell represents him the first time around. And now he's got a new lawyer who I think either also goes by Goldbar Bob, like that's his name, or he represented someone who goes by Goldbar Bob. There's so many Goldbar Bobs in D.C. in the swamp. But we're focused on Bobby Menendez. So this is from the New York Post. And I think this is a really nice Valentine's Day story because this is the story of lovers. And maybe maybe we'll do a Valentine's Day theme here. We'll do Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis later on in the show. I'm all about couples that I think are built to last. What a great song. The Gwyneth version every time. So this is from the New York Post. It says Bob Menendez's alleged bribery scheme had wife using alternate 007 phone involved $35,000 diamond ring, according to court docs. I'm going to read you a sentence that I love so much. There's so much packed into this sentence, okay? The veteran Democrat, age 70, allegedly had an arrangement with Egyptian-American halal purveyor, Walhana, but is supposedly, this is the same sentence, we're still going, but is supposedly nearly fell apart when the latter tried to cheat the politician and his wife Nadine out of the value of a diamond engagement ring. Marry me, Nadine! 
Look at this rock! Menendez allegedly received $150,000 in exchange for intervening in a criminal insurance fraud case. Hana, that's the American halal purveyor, a co-defendant accused of using his company to funnel bribes to the Menendezes, was tasked with using part of the payout to buy Nadine a new Mercedes-Benz convertible. Where do they live in New Jersey? Perfect. Perfect. Great. That should be the first red flag that you're dealing with someone who's a little off their rocker. If you drive around New Jersey in a convertible. Sorry, I said it. It's very a Michael couple, Scott-esque. A couple months you said it. <laughs> yeah, very few. So it says Menendez was tasked with using part of the payout to buy Nadine a new Mercedes-Benz convertible and the $35,000 sparkler. So that's Hana. The halal purveyor gets tasked with buying the car and buying the ring. I don't know what where his specialties lie. Maybe he has degrees in not just halal purveying, but also in rings and diamonds and cars. Hana, however, I like this. See, here's the thing about people like the Menendezes. They're dealing, people who screw people, like people who are paranoid about getting screwed, it's because they screw other people. And all of these people involved in this are trying to pull one over on the other people. So they get this guy, Hana, and he's supposed to buy the $35,000 ring, but guess what he does? He actually buys a $12,000 ring. And he instead uses some of that extra money and buys two watches, a bracelet, and a necklace for himself. Can't trust a crook these days. You know, Jared, if you can't trust your halal purveyor i just don't know what's happening like our society is going to fall apart at the seams and that was the the halal purveyor that he provided the contract to for some city something or other that had never had any type of experience doing it yeah just to catch people up and this yeah yeah there was and there was another there's so much not uh, every single noun and verb of this story is glorious and and you know what jared remember when the first story came out and there was a quote from another halal purveyor who had had a lot of experience in it and knew what he was doing and he saw that this halal purveyor got the contract and he was like it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense. He has no background in this. And I'm sitting here going, well, it makes a lot of sense if you know the Menendezes. Just get to know Bobby Menendez, and suddenly another piece of the puzzle will fall into place. So here is a confidential source with ties to Egyptian officials told prosecutors, Wall, that's the halal purveyor, was about to ruin things with Bob. Bob, who's starting to listen to us. Once she got Bob's ear... You know you're on to something. The new Mercedes, meanwhile. How about this for a sentence? Ready? The Sopranos could never. Like, the Menendezes make even the most dramatic HBO series seem like nothing. The the lives these people are leading. The new Mercedes, meanwhile, was intended to replace the car Nadine wrecked when she struck and killed a pedestrian in 2018. Come over here. Sweet Jesus, these people are insane. At times, Menendez made calls to what the couple supposedly referred to as Nadine's 007 phone. Who among us hasn't used a 007 phone, Jared? You know? Only with my halal purveyor. 
If you're not using a burner to contact your halal purveyor, then... What are you even doing? Yeah. It's it's like, what are we doing here? How many gold watches do you even have? It is an apparent reference to the fictional spy James Bond. Yeah, the, I, I gathered that much. When investigators searched the house, they also supposedly found two bags with $100,000 cash each on top of large racks of clothes hangers in the couple's basement. I get the sense that Nadine had champagne taste and that she was, she enjoyed shopping. That's just the vibe. You know how I got that vibe? I didn't even need to know about the engagement ring. There's a photo of her with Bob and she has these jeans on. And they're ripped all the way through the front, like the entire thigh is exposed. Very trendy looking. And I thought, here's a woman who likes to browse and shop around a little bit. Under the jackets were four boots stuffed with cash, including one boot containing in excess of $5,000 in $50 bills. Now, I got one more sentence for you guys that I really enjoyed. Both Menendez and his wife had apparently told staffers that the gold bars at the residence were inherited from the latter's mother after her death. They're throwing Mama Nadine. I don't know what Nadine's maiden name is. They're throwing Nadine's dead mother under the bus for the gold bars. Who do you think they are, Joe Scarborough? This is... And, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I said that was the last sentence. I was wrong. This, again, the story is, like, so delicious. It says, at the height of the coronavirus pandemic in late 2020 and early 2021, Menendez also supposedly asked several New Jersey mayors to authorize COVID testing at a particular lab that was paying Nadine at the time. That's another thing I find with people who are con artists. No, If you're a true con artist, you did not miss that COVID window. COVID was really a time for the scammers amongst us to thrive. Like they, they saw this. They knew there are there's so many ways to make a buck here. Big plexiglass, big mask. In this case, big lab. But if you think that Mr. and Mrs. Menendez weren't going to make some sort of grift here off of covid you're out of your mind oh by the way apparently she took the ring to a jeweler who said this isn't worth thirty five thousand dollars thirty five thousand dollars for that rock only the best for nadine and i i can just picture for some reason i can just picture her finding out that her ring was twelve thousand not thirty five thousand and it becoming such a headache for bob Bob, can't you just picture Bob? Call him up right now. They said a string is only worth twelve thousand, and Bob's like, "Okay, honey, <laughs> you got it. I'll hop in the convertible right now." Just insanity. Auctions are one of the oldest forms of commerce known to man. Auctions are how economies determine values for assets and commodities. Auctions are not a fire sale at a discounted price. Rather, they're an accelerated sale with competitive pricing. So just because maybe your neighbors listed their house for sale at a set price, or that's just how you've seen things done in the past, it doesn't mean that's what you have to do. J.J. Manning's accelerated auction process is one of the fastest growing segments in real estate, but it's been around for a long time. It's a time-tested approach, and they've had over 16,000 auctions since 1976, when J.J. Manning was founded by Jerome Manning. So what are the main benefits of a J.J. Manning 
auction or an accelerated sale versus a traditional listing. Well, there are no contingencies. If you've ever sold a piece of property, you know that's huge. The buyer signs their exclusive PNS and makes a 10% deposit that day, and you set the terms, which all buyers must follow. Plus, a huge part of selling a piece of property has to do with the marketing, and they've got a 30-30 marketing plan. It's 30 days of marketing saturation, 30 days to close. No deviations to the purchase, and the buyer's feet are kept to the fire. So these are all part of the recipe that makes it so that you get the most money you possibly can for your most important asset, your real estate. To learn more on how to get your commercial, residential, or land sold quickly, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com. Call Charlie today at 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com and get your real estate sold. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is the Grace Curley Show. It's for the way you look at me. Oh, it's for the people are sending in now to the text line their favorite Valentine's Day couples. That could have been a poll question. Yeah, it could have. Like Mika and Joe, Lisa, Paige, and Peter Struck. I mean, they are the lovebirds. Fonny and Wade? Fonny and Nathan Wade. Fonny and Nathan Wade, that's that's a, an awesome case, too, because it's all coming down to the timing. And Bob and Nadine? She, her entire um, defense, basically, is, well, no, we didn't start the relationship until after I hired him to be the special prosecutor in this case. And that's easily disproven. Like, you don't even need to, if I'm the lawyer trying to prove that wrong or or trying to prove that that's false that's a pretty easy especially now with all the technology we have and all the people who seem to not like her very much i don't think that's gonna that let me put it this way that lawyer's not gonna have to bill 24 hours like nathan wade did okay they're not they're gonna be working for a couple of hours and they're probably gonna go you know what case closed we're all set um another thing i wanted to mention here before we go to the break is that KJP, there's a story in the New York Times that KJP, or or that people are mad. I don't know if it's like White House staffers. The Chiron that I saw today said Biden is letting Kirby overshadow KJP or upstage. That was the way it was phrased. Upstage KJP. And we talked about how Kirby got a new job. He's assistant to the regional manager. Congratulations, Dwight. And now there there's fears that he's upstaging the black woman press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre. And I'm here to tell people, I've seen KJP in action at that podium. She cannot be upstaged. I, there, there's no reason for Kirby or anyone else to worry about Corrine Jean-Pierre being upstaged. Every time that woman takes to the microphone and whips out her binder... She makes a splash, Jared. She leaves us all mouth agape, wondering how we got here. So I don't think anyone at the New York Times should be worried about that. Everything is going to be fine. KJP is still a star in my eyes. And I don't think Kirby holds a candle to her when it comes to sheer entertainment value. 
When we come back, we're going to talk L.A. We're going to talk this special election in New York. And uh, George Santos is weighing in, which means Jared Diglio is going to weigh in as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.